Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. Our quote of the day, to venture into unmapped territory, sometimes we have to take the experts off the pedestals we've created in our minds for them and put our own intuition onto one. Jamie Kern Lima, our guest today, she is the founder of It Cosmetics, one of America's most successful entrepreneurs and her new incredible book, Believe It is out. And she is going to teach us today how to believe it, how to believe in ourselves. And yes, how to unseat those experts on the pedestals, because sometimes they're not the expert for you. Sometimes you are the expert. Um, I um, am so excited for this episode, Maria, because so often we know deep in our soul that something is the right way, but everyone else is telling us not to. And mm-hmm. I think learning how to navigate those feelings, because it's really hard, you know, it's it's easier said than done when everyone is telling you one thing, but you know deep down something else. So yeah. um, Jamie's story is incredible. She unpacks kind of this crazy journey that she took where, you know, 22 bank loans said no, three years worth of rejections, and this one very high stakes QVC appearance that was either going to make or break her life. Um, So she's the expert on this, and it's going to be an amazing chat. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. And I think that one of the biggest things for people to understand is, you know, it's like, I could be telling you, Jeff, hey, it's got to go this way. And your ego, because you want to be right, might be like, no, it's this way. Mm -hmm. So, But that's different than you being like, no, 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 Maria, I know this will connect with our viewers. It will connect mm-hmm. with our listeners. There's a difference between the ego and the knowing. And yeah. that's where you have to really soul search, right? Yeah, I think pride is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. If it's pride that's driving you to you know, stick up on a pedestal and like state your point, that's dangerous. But if you can feel your inner being dying because of something that you're being told to do, that's when you know, maybe I need to reevaluate something. Have you guys ever had those moments in your young lives so far? Mm, yeah. I think. 
Yes. I mean, I've been in situations, I think, where it's like I knew it wasn't. Or I was in a situation maybe for too long and I was like, okay, now I'm getting fuzzy over here. But now I'm like starting to die. I need to do something else. Um, This is going to be a very petty example. And like, I think I'm probably going to get laughed at as like the young producer who like maybe needs a little more life experience (laughs) if this is my go-to. But I think it's an important one. It's funny. I grew up, I grew up in, as you all know, a very traditional kind of American family. And I come from this lineage of um, parents and grandparents who were in fraternities and sororities. And when I was in college going through the rush process, I sort of knew deep down that I wasn't necessarily a fit. Like I wasn't necessarily like a frat guy. I was in acapella groups and I loved singing. I loved the community that was built in that. And I feel like deep down, I knew that. And I was doing it because I wanted the identity of saying I was in a fraternity I felt like I was supposed to based on the fact that my parents had done it, but it wasn't really ever a great fit. And I feel like if I would have more closely listened to the fact that I just knew deep down, this wasn't what I, wasn't what was best for me. I would have known to go the right way. And I feel like I wasted time because of it. Did you end up going through with it and becoming a frat boy? I did. And it's not like, you know, what it meant. Did you do keg stands, Jeff? Say what? Did you do keg stands? There may have been one or two keg stands in my time. Are there photos? In Oxford. I don't think there are any photos. But the irony, Maria, is <laughs> most of that fun and like community connection I was having was with my acapella group. Mm-hmm. If you ever saw the movie Pitch Perfect, I feel like that's like a perfect example of my college experience. So oh, what it meant was paying dues <laughs> and kind of wasting my time half-assing my commitment to this fraternity. And I wasn't a good member. I was paying, I was wasting my money and I was hurting them by, you know, they chose me. And I wasn't giving back in the way I should. So it's kind of a, maybe not the most deep example, but it is something where you shouldn't join an organization or commit to something just because you feel like you should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, Jeff, you're still 30 years young. Yes. Right. And, and by the way, listen, sometimes uh, in your journey in life, you don't know when those kind of stumbles are going to happen, right? Like maybe you just haven't had those heartache moments yet. Mm-hmm. And at the same time as I would wish I would have had no heartache by 30, I also wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have heartache. So it's like, you know, it's like, uh, I remember having to give a speech to first generation American kids. And I was like, guys, so we have a training that other kids don't have, right? And and it's almost like like a boxer that will, um, you know, they they have the medicine ball thrown on their stomach, and they throw the medicine ball on their stomach so that they can break the nerve endings. So when you get hit, it doesn't hurt, right? So when you've gotten hit a lot in life, you have a different um, point of connection. Like we'll speak with with Jamie. But you also have um, uh, you've you've built a toughness mm-hmm. that's really important in the journey. Now your journey is going to be different, and so like I always said, like I grew up poor, I feel like I have so many more advantages than the rich kids had, mm. right? Because the rich kids had everything, um, had everything, and had nothing to pain for. So then they had pain because they didn't know how to how to ex- how to want the next thing because the next Mm. thing was already there and given to them. When you have nothing to fight for, then there's a misery that comes with that, that people never understand. That's why spoiling your kids is so bad because they have nothing to fight for. That is so well articulated. I've never heard 
that said that way, Maria, that is so interesting because Thanks. you're right. It's, I think it's so easy to write off the plague of a rich privileged kid and roll your eyes, but there is something that disadvantages them because they don't learn the value of grit and hard work. And that does cause kind of an existential pain that I think is a really interesting point you're making. Wow. Yeah. So everybody has their advantages and disadvantages. You should never look at somebody else and say, Oh, I wish I had the Graham fam Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they should though. I mean, I'm just great. messing. <laughs> but you can never look at anybody else because their pains are just different. Mm. They might have pain because they never had pain. It's like a mm -hmm. weird thing. But I've watched people, I've had people who said to me like, "What? where did we go wrong? And I was like, you gave them everything. So they had nothing to fight for. So now they're miserable because what is their life? They have nothing to, you know, notch up and notch up. And I want that new thing. And I want that new thing. I remember I had um, a neighbor. We bought our first house. Our neighbors were from Finland. And I've talked about them before. And she's like, the problem with you kids is you all want it right now. What are you going to have to look forward to later in life? So I remember even as I was getting successful, I was tempering. I know this is kind of weird and crazy, but I was tempering what cars I would buy. <laughs> Because I knew I was going to get to a place where yeah. I reached Mount Olympus. Well, what's after that? When you start to see why people who are super successful start to do crazier and crazier things, it's because they need new peaks. Yep. They need new new goals, new higher things. And then when they don't have that, they turn to drugs to numb the pain because there's nothing more to look forward to for them. Or they mm -hmm. can't see what that next thing is. And I know it sounds... It's hard for someone who doesn't have anything to think, oh, and this is where people go wrong. Like a, 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 a normal person will look at somebody super successful and say, well, they have it all. They should, they're so lucky. Okay, yes, they are. But if they haven't found what that next thing is, there is a pain in that too that we have mm. to we, – we can't understand if we've never had it and never mm -hmm. – you know, it's, it's hard to have that feeling. But I'm sharing it with you because I watch a lot of people look at like – a celebrity like Justin Bieber, well, he had it all, but he had it all as a kid. He didn't know how to handle all of that success. What kid does, yeah. right? Or, you know, when you are that successful, what else is there other than people taking from you and wanting things from you? And now you're in a protect mode and now your walls are up and now you're lonely. <laughs> Maria's and like you said, where do you oh, go from Kev. there, Maria? And where do you go from there? Where do you go I, from I cringe there? when I see some of the 20-somethings and how much they have. I cringe for them. Mm -hmm. Because what do you look wow. forward to after? And, and, you know, Matthew McConaughey, he, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, he has in his book, Greenlights, and he talked about in his interview, and he said in his Oscar speech was, I am excited for the, I'm chasing the guy I'm going to be in 10 years. You know, he yeah. always thinks to look forward to. And what happens is with the uh, people that are so overindulged, whether the parents did it or society did it, it's really, really hard. And I think that's why you see so many actors kind of go on these like spiritual journeys and things because there's... They're looking for more. They're looking for more. And I think, uh, yeah, for a lot of people out there, yeah, this is why it's really dangerous. And I know it sounds crazy. Like, how could you feel sorry for, say, some quasi-billionaire or even a billionaire that's that age? I, I, I tell you from years and seeing what uh, the devastation it causes, um, yeah, it's not, always, uh, it's not always what you think. And it is, it's about working and having things to look forward to, I think. Mm -hmm. I love that. And Maria, I have to say, when you talk about tempering yourself with your car, 
um, your cars. I remember when I first moved to LA and I had a, like an okay amount of savings because I had hustled at home before I came here that I could have probably lived in like a better place than I did. But I remember I shared a room, slept on the floor in a twin mattress with five, there was five girls, two dogs. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, no, I would rather rough it now so that I know what good is when I have good, right? So Ooh. it's like every step, it was like every place I've now had after that, it's like one step better. No, it's not amazing, but it's better than it was, right? And it's like, so you when you- still have things to exactly, aspire to. Exactly. But that's why you special, Kelsey. Well, thank you, Queenie. <laughs> but years, uh, like, it was the exact same thing. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I don't know how we got down that path, <laughs> I but love it, we did and- um, and that is that. So um, I guess we should just get to our interview because um, for more inspiring chat, let's go to the queen herself, Miss Jamie Kern Lima. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Jamie Kern Lima is one of America's most successful entrepreneurs. She sold her problem-solving makeup line of 300 products to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion in cash in 2016, staying on as CEO of It Cosmetics, making her the first CEO in L'Oreal's history. The former Morning News anchor started testing makeup to help cover up her rosacea, a hereditary skin condition that causes blotchy red skin. And she is here today to discuss her new book, Believe It, which can help you manifest the life you have always wanted. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Um, uh, Maria, I'm so happy to be here with you. So excited. It's a big week and I'm just great. Yeah, I'm grateful, grateful to be here with you. Thank you. Well, it's, it's exciting because, you know, you, you created something out of necessity, which is always probably like the best recipe, um, for success. And now you have, you know, given birth to this book, uh, believe it, that is, launching this week and available this week to everybody that shares exactly how you did it, all the kind of twists and turns of, you know, you having to make judgment calls and listen to your gut, which we talk about a lot here on Better Together, um, is is being in touch with your kind of inner guidance and knowing that sometimes you are going to know more about something than even the professionals, right? Like, yes. I look back to when I wrote my first book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life, and it was a New York Times bestseller. And, you know, when I first wrote it, they were like, they told my lawyer I was writing a bad book. 
And so he called me. He's like, are you writing a bad book? And I go, I have no idea. I've never written a book before. I'm like, (laughs) I think this is useful information, but maybe I'm crazy. And so I sent it out to some people that I thought, you know, could give me some good opinions. It was like my old choir, you know, singing mate and a teacher friend of mine. And they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, is this stuff that would help you? And they're like, yeah. So I went back to them and I said, I'd rather fail on my own accord than Mm. listen to what you think this should be. And of course... I won out by listening to my gut. And of course, Kevin um, was right there with me making those decisions. But you had a similar journey. And I think it's really important for people to hear those moments where you got to either listen to them or listen to you. Right. I love that you shared that because I think like so many people listening right now are probably in that spot. And especially it's hard if you have this gut feeling or kind of this knowing uh, that you're maybe supposed to be doing a different job or supposed to be, you know, ending a relationship or whatever it is. And um, but especially for people going after like a dream or a goal or writing their story for the first time, it is so hard when you have like the noise of everyone else's opinion or, or experts, or, or maybe it's just like no proof of success in front of you yet. Right. Which is my case for a number of years, but then you have that inner knowing that saying, Oh, you're supposed to do this or you're on the right track. And, you know, it's, it's literally Maria, the biggest reason I, I wrote this book, believe it, because I feel like so many of us, that noise is so loud around us, whether it's just like lack of success or our, sometimes it's our friends and family and they love us and they mean well, but they're like, they want us to stay in our comfort zone. Cause like they're seeing our own situation through the lens of their own fear. Right. And we hear all this stuff. And I feel like so, so many of us, or there's so many people out there going like, I don't know how to find my purpose or how to step into all of who I am. And I think the biggest reason is because we hear all of those things and we never actually learn to like turn down the volume on them and actually hear our own, our own truth mm-hmm. and then like trust ourselves. Right. And, you know, yeah, my story is so much of that. And like this book, believe it, it's, you know, when you see the headlines out there, right. And, and this is really what made me realize how important it is and why, by the way, why I love your show so much is because it's like, the stories behind the stories. It's like, it's, it's the, when you pull back the real curtain, not like the headlines, but really share the real stuff. It's how we all connect and how we know we're not alone in our failures and rejections and all, all that stuff. Right. And a year after year, what, what kept happening, and especially the last three years is every time I would see my story anywhere or get a DM on Instagram, it was always like, Oh, you went from Denny's waitress to billion dollar entrepreneur. Like, did you just get lucky or did you like, it was all the headline (laughs) only. And I'm like, Oh wow. If I don't figure out how to share the real, the real story, which in my case, my story is really a simple one of a girl going, who went from not believing in herself to learning how to believe in herself and not trusting herself to, to learning how to actually hear my own inner voice and then, and then make that decision to trust it. And really a journey of going from, you know, doubting I'm enough to, to how to step into knowing I'm enough. And I feel like that story is, is also the story of so many people out there right now. Right. It's like so many of us, we know, we have this feeling inside that, 
that we're, we're, we're created to, to do more, to give more, to serve more, to be more, but we kind of still doubt it anyways. And learning how <laughs> to believe in yourself and trust yourself is literally why I wrote this book. And it's like, when I started this journey and I don't know if you've had this, this situation, but you know, I, I thought, so, so my whole life growing up, I would watch Oprah in my living room, right. Every single day as a little girl. And I'm like, Oh, like my dream was, I thought for sure um, that I was going to go into that as a career and tell other people's stories and, and interview other people. I've loved it my whole life. I remember like loving you. And I think it was called channel one. Yeah. I, right. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, she's amazing. And Aww. I was, I get so fired up. Like that's what I want to do. And so, and so I was in my career as a journalist and I thought this is my dream job and I'm going to do this my whole life. And I was anchoring the news and I started in a really small market and moved my way up. And I was in Portland, Oregon at the time, uh, anchoring the weekend morning news and reporting. And anyhow, what happened was, was like, this big setback, right? And I think so many times, especially now I look back on so many setbacks I've gone through and I actually truly believe in so many cases, the setbacks we go through, even though they're painful or they suck or they don't feel fair. I feel like setbacks are so often setups. If we really listen to them, right? For what, what we're called to do on our journey. And I was literally anchoring the news thinking I was in my dream job and I started getting this skin condition called rosacea, which is hereditary and there's no cure for it. And it came in the form of like, and I still have, you know, I still have it to this day right now, bright, bright red cheeks. Uh, I would get it all over my face, but mainly my cheeks. And if you imagine like big bumps for anyone listening right now has never seen it. You could, you know, I get, we get big bumps on my cheeks and they would feel like sandpaper. And so I'd be anchoring the news and I would hear in my earpiece from the producer, there's something on your face. There's something on your face, wipe it off. There's something. And I'd be live and I, and I would know inside, Oh, there's nothing I can wipe off right now. It's the makeup breaking up. And so I went through the season of thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? So I try, I would spend my paycheck on every different type of makeup out there from the uh, drugstore brands to the department stores, to the pro artist brands thinking like, okay, I need to just solve this and I'll be fine. And no makeup would work. And I was like, okay, am I going to get fired? Am I, our viewers going to start turning the channel at like all those, like that inner critic, which mm -hmm. is so great. <laughs> it was like taking yeah. over my life. And anyhow, I had this kind of moment that was the start of, of this setback turning into the setup. Cause I thought Maria, I thought I was in my dream job and it was this weird thing that happened. Cause you, you started the show by talking about trusting yourself. I kept having this feeling like in my gut, if you can create a product that actually works for you, there's probably so many other people out there that have just, you know, can't find anything that works for them. And, and, and this, this could, be something that really matters or that makes an impact. But I didn't know anybody in the beauty industry. I didn't have any connections. And as a local market news anchor, I had almost no money. Um, so it, it didn't make sense. And on top of it, I thought I was in my dream job. But like sometimes I think knowing when to let go of a dream is right as important as knowing when to go after one. And it was this moment where, and I look, oh my gosh, my I'm going to get so fired up about this because I'm getting the chills so, as you're uh, speaking. Right. Because like we, if I wouldn't have listened to my gut in that moment, even when it didn't make any sense, uh, like my whole, everything would be different. And, and, 
And it's hard sometimes though, because, you know, in that case, I have friends and family that love me and they're like, you're in your dream job. What are you talking about? You're going to quit and start something in your living room and all the things. Right. And, and, uh, (laughs) so, so long story short, um, and by the way, Maria, the other thing, and I've heard, you know, I know you are so incredible. You have so many great thought leaders on your show that talk about like even knowing your why for things and, and how a lot of times people will have a goal or a dream, but if they don't have a really good why, Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't fuel them through. And, there was a one thing just to share about that because now now I've met thousands of other entrepreneurs over the years and I, I've seen most of them don't make it and I and one of the things is like a lot of times people will have a why but they actually don't like a why that sounds good but then mm-hmm. they don't go deep enough and like peel back the layers so that it's so deep and and hit such a pain point for them that they care about so much that they keep going and that happened in this moment when I was a news anchor and I was, I was trying to figure out, do I launch this business? Because what happened was I realized, oh, I'm, why are none of these products working for me? And I'm like, well, I guess my whole life I've seen these ads on TV and in magazines and I've never seen anyone with rosacea. They've always had these, this flawless kind of Photoshop skin. And then I also realized, wait a minute, not only have I never seen a model kind of show real stuff, but my whole life as a little girl, I always aspired to look like that, but it always kind of also made me feel not enough. So I had this big, deep, I guess, moment where I realized, oh, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to actually pour everything I have in trying to launch a beauty company, A, the product's got to work. So I got to figure that out. And B, I want to do things differently. Like I want to use models of all different ages and shapes and sizes and skin problems and challenges and gender identities, everything like, like, and, and let, and let me try to shift culture around inclusivity and beauty for every little girl like me, who's about to start doubting herself and every grown woman who still does. So it was kind of like two things happen at once. This inner knowing I was supposed to, you know, leave my dream, which made no sense and was scary. Um, and also kind of a deep, a deep aha moment of why I was going to do it and how I was going to do it differently. Um, but then <laughs> when I wrote the business plan on my honeymoon flight to South Africa, got back and quit my job, went all in, uh, and maybe you've had, I don't know if you've ever had experiences like this, but like, I just thought, oh, I'm going to pour everything I have into creating a product. And, and, and if it's great, it's just going to sell and it's, and people are just going to hear about it. Um, and then <laughs> I learned the hard way being an entrepreneur or really creating anything, right. Being a creator of any kind, like it's not that easy. Um, and that started a three-year journey. I, I didn't, wasn't able to pay myself for the first three years of the business, we got down to under $1,000 in our bank account, uh, personal and company bank account combined. And I kind of thought like, oh, I love Sephora and Ulta and QVC and these department stores, you know, and and I've created this product that I believe works and this positioning with real people that I think is so needed, they're going to love it. And what I didn't realize is it would be three years. Every single one of the experts, the people that I was always putting on a pedestal, always dreamed of being in their stores, every single one of them said, no, um, you're not the right fit. Your packaging isn't good enough. This positioning will never work. It was like no after no after no after no after no for three years straight. Um, and your product and so- worked and you knew it worked and still. So you could go in there and be like, look, it works. And they're like, yeah, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was told everything from, you know, uh, using real models like this isn't going to work. People don't connect. I was told uh, women will only buy beauty from images they'll never be able to look like from aspirational images, hoping to look like that. Maybe that's how to get people to spend money, which maybe that's how it's always been done. Um, But I just had this feeling like, or maybe people are sick and tired of not seeing anyone that looks like them um, and, and, and products that don't work for them. And, but it's really tough. And, and here's the thing is I would get, you know, when we talk about like, okay, well, when experts tell you one thing, but your gut is telling you another, mm-hmm. which do you listen to? Um, it, was, it was really hard and it was really challenging because during that three-year window, I mean, there were times where I would finally get a yes to a meeting at Sephora and, um, and just literally leave and tear, you know, trying to hold tears back so I could get out of the lobby and around the corner on Market Street and just sob my eyes out when it was another no. Um, I remember actually, oh, you And for sister. everyone who's listening right now, maybe if you just fast forwarded and just got here, she sold her company for $1.2 billion in cash. So Sephora, who you would think is all-knowing, wasn't all-knowing, right? You knew something different. And that's the thing is like, you can't... You can't always think that the people that are bigger and badder know more because if there's a true deep knowing inside of you, it's a new way. Like if you think about it, around 2016 is when probably the influencer market was starting too. And then you started seeing like a Kim Kardashian going on Instagram and showing her skin and her flaws and how she fixes her makeup. People weren't doing that before. People were never showing the behind the scenes. And before that, Yes, we were all just buying the unattainable because that was all they were offering. Yes. Well, exactly. And I think to your point is sometimes, you know, and and I think so many experts, even experts that are literally legit uh, track records of as visionaries, I still think, and, and had I known this so many years earlier, and by the way, for anyone, anybody listening or watching right now who's like facing rejection or someone just not getting your dream, like... I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this earlier, but I learned it over and over and over um, in this journey is that even experts with, with, that, are, that are touted visionaries still subconsciously, I think they still cannot imagine something being successful unless it's already been done before. It's already been right successful before. And it's in their subconscious. Like they would never want to admit that. And had I known that the rejection over and over and over wouldn't have been so painful because I was really, I was doing, I was trying to do something completely different. And this was in 2008 and 2009, 2010. So to your point, nobody was on YouTube yet showing their makeup or their, their bare skin. And I was like, you guys, like we need to shift culture. Like people need to know they're not alone in their melasma or hyperpigmentation or acne or whatever it is. Right. And, and, and they need to be reminded, Oh, they're beautiful. They matter. And, and I had this vision, but to to your point, nobody thought it was going to work. And when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom. 
for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. And so after three years <laughs> of hearing no after no, and by the way, one big full circle, I love this. I think, I think full circle moments are the best. And then we look back, we're like, ah, um, I, I finally got, this is after a lot, a lot of no's. I finally got the head of QVC beauty at the time, Alan Burke on a phone call. And he, he's a legend, like responsible for building the multi-billion dollar beauty industry at QVC. And I had this dream Maria of going on QVC. Cause I thought, okay, unlike the Photoshop ads, like let's do this live. Let me prove, let me just take my own makeup off. show my bright red rosacea and prove this product works. Let me show all different models that are so untraditional. Let me call them beautiful and mean it like live. And, and I was so, I just knew, I knew I was supposed to go on QVC. So I finally got the head of all of beauty on after a million no's and million rejections. And I thought, oh my gosh, if he's going to take a call with me, right? Like maybe you've had this, the studio head or you know what I mean? So, but I thought he's a a legend. If if Alan Burke's going to take a call with me, like this is going to be a yes. Like there's no way he'd waste his time Mm -hmm. unless, you know? So I remember I got on the phone with him and I was pacing in my office, which was my living room. uh, and (laughs) And I was like trying to like, you know, pump myself up and peak state as Tony would call. And I was like, okay, like they're going to be lucky to have us like all this thing. And I remember he got on the phone and he thanked me for my time and said, uh, and for my love of QVC and said, but it's a no, um, you're not the right fit for QVC or for our customers. We reviewed it with all the buyers and it's unanimous. You're not the right fit. And I remember just like, first of all, tears were streaming down my face. I was trying, hoping he wasn't, cause we were, we were down to no money. So I didn't know how we were going to make it. And I, so when he said that to me, I went right into like, oh, but we are the right fit. And I kept trying to, you know, pour my soul out and he thanked me and, and it was a no and hung up and cried myself to sleep for three nights, um, in a row and woke up hoping it was a dream. If you ever had that happen, mm-hmm. then right. When we get bad news and it's not, and Fast forward, um, about nine months later, uh, I was at a beauty show demonstrating our product. There were 6,000 women there. It's this annual big thing in the beauty industry. And QVC had a big booth there. And uh, it's a long story. I go deep into like how (laughs) I figured out how to get to their booth. And just like the self-belief that sometimes we have to generate to do things even when that same place may have rejected us a million times, but long story short, I, I am eventually, uh, went up to their booth and, uh, one of their hosts happened to come up to me at the same time that day and love our product. And we got a meeting and we got a yes on QVC. Uh, but what it meant and, and, and just to share this, um, story in case anyone else out there really needs to hear this too, is I learned in this next, these next, um, uh, uh, moment in time, probably the biggest 
business and life lesson, really life lesson I've ever learned as it pertains to trusting your gut. Uh, because sometimes we, we, we know what we believe and what our values are and all those things. But then when everything's on the line and people are telling us to, to do it differently, mm-hmm. it's really hard to stick to what we know and to trust ourselves. Uh, and we got a, a yes after three years to, to one shot on QVC. And what it meant was we got this one airing in this 10 minute window and uh, we had to hit their sales goal or not come back. And at the time, you know, we're packing boxes in our living room. I can't even afford to hire anybody. We're three years into constant rejection. Um, and I, uh, we were doing about two to three orders a day on our website, right? Well, QVC, we needed to, to, to sell over 6,000 units of our concealer in a 10-minute window to hit their sales goal because they're live to 100 million homes, right? And so I'm like, and we had no money. So we had to get an SBA loan, which the first 22 banks said no. The last one- 22 said, banks rejected you and you kept going. Yeah. And we kept going and it was the 23rd bank and they gave us this SBA loan that only covered the inventory that we needed to to manufacture, pay for and get to QVC. Here's the thing, Mariette. How did you even get a yes at that point where you you have no proven track record that this is going to work? You actually have a record that says it's not going to work. So how did you get that? Exactly. I mean, it was just pure, pure belief, like going one bank after another, after another, after another. I mean, we had to personally guarantee the loan. So you used our whole credit history to try and personally guarantee, right? This Which one any loan, of your so. entrepreneurial advisors probably were horrified and saying, horrified. yeah, saying they probably were like, listen, Jamie, we love you, but you gotta, you gotta cut your losses, right? Exactly. You cut your losses and, you know, they, they would say things which are always, almost always true. You should never accept a purchase order. You can't afford to lose. And QVC's consignment and beauty. What that means is we had to pay for all this inventory and ship it in. But if it didn't sell, we weren't going to get paid for it. It would have been shipped back to us and we go out of business. And you wouldn't even have a place to be able to store it because you'd be homeless. Exactly. Seriously. Yeah, no, it's true. And everything was on the line in that 10 minutes. And we decided to say yes, because at this point, it had been three years of no's and we didn't know how we were going to stay alive anyway. So we took this shot. And here's what it all came down to, though, is in that 10 minute window. So they have these outside third party experts that are awesome. They help a lot of people uh, uh, sell on television and other places. And so we'd hire consultants and they all told me the same thing, which is, okay, if you want to have your best shot at success in this one chance, this one 10 minute window, uh, here's what you need to do. You need to use this type of model. (laughs) And it was the models I'd always seen on television and produce your show this way and all the things. And I would, I would say to them and, I, and we would argue and I would say, well, listen, if I'm sitting at home and let's say I'm 70 years old and I see so- someone who looks nothing like me doing selling a product, how do I know it's going to work for me? Or if I have rosacea or hyperpigmentation, whatever it is, and I just see someone with flawless skin, how do I know? And they're like, listen, and they wanted the best for me. And this is the thing, you guys, a lot of times our friends and family experts, they want the best for you. Like, they mean so well, right? And and that's where it's key to really learn how to turn down the volume on everyone and, and hear that own inner knowing. And we would get into it and they all said, listen, we want you to win. And, and 
you're going to get one shot. So, you know, here's what we advise you do. So I flew out to QVC a week early before this one chance we had. And I sat in the parking lot in this rental car um, and I just stared at the front door, which kind of sounds a little weird and creepy, but I, I, it felt so heavy. And I just sat there all alone in this rental car, literally praying, crying, um, uh, asking God to take it from me because it felt so heavy because I knew the next time I walked through those doors, I was either, my whole life would be changed um, if I, if I stuck with my gut or I'd be completely out of business. And I sat there in that car and, you know, at the end of the day, and I was honestly, I was tempted to go, okay, well, yeah, I get one shot. Maybe I do it their way. And once I gain success, then I try it my way. Yep. And, right. But I sat there and I knew I've learned this lesson and I know like, like authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. I, I knew, the, right. The only way you can ever authentically connect with another human being is to show up authentically. Like you literally just can't fake authenticity. So people do it all day long. And sometimes they sell things once all day long being inauthentic, but they actually never form a real connection with that other human being, whether it's their community online or, or customers. Right. Mm -hmm. So I sat there knowing that, and I'm like, if I show up and I do what everyone else is doing to sell product, it's not authentic to who I am and why I created this. But if I do it my way, everyone's saying it's going to fail. And I have no proof it's not because guess what? We were only selling two to three orders a day. Like there was no signs of success everywhere. And I just remember sitting in that car oh, and like crying. <laughs> literally crying and imagining like, okay, I'm going to get this one shot in this 10 minute window. And so I started imagining like who is going to be watching on the other end and they're broadcast to hundred million homes live. But for some reason, I kept thinking of like a single mom in Nebraska, like folding laundry, who was too busy to remember that she matters and that she's beautiful. And I just had this moment in that car where I realized I would rather go live and, and show my bare face and show women who look like her and call them beautiful and mean it, even if she didn't buy anything. I'd rather have her in that moment, like remember that she matters and feel beautiful and not buy anything then, then sell a shitload of product and stand for nothing. Because you were talking and, to you. Hmm? you. Because you were talking to you. You yeah. probably had wished that moment for yourself. And now yes. you gave yourself that moment and you wanted to give it to them. Yes. And that's our truth, right? That's what happens like when we step in and we're living in our truth. And here, oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm have chills in my whole body. Okay. The thing is, is like, had I done it and it completely failed, it would still be a victory because I stepped into my truth, right? That's it. To me, that's like the whole journey of life. And um, thank you for, I've, I've never even thought of it that way. I'm yeah. having a huge aha moment right now. Um, yeah. And it's, it's universal. It's, it's all of us. Like we know when we're in our truth, right? It's like, it's almost like you don't even try. It just is. And it's like, it feels right. And um, so it's interesting because when that 10 minute window happened, right? So so I remember going into the studio live. You'll know this whole world a million times better than me, Maria. But I was in this huge studio live and all the cameras are there and the host and the the um, there's a countdown clock, right? And I had 10 minutes and I knew- I'm going to throw okay. up, like hearing this yeah. all is like, oh my God, 10 minutes, your whole life flashing before your eyes. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. 
Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yes, I literally, this is so disgusting, but I remember like sweat dripping. And I remember hoping my spanks were keeping the double <laughs> spanks. I was hoping they were keeping the sweat from like, like drenching through my dress. I was shaking like crazy. And what I learned was like, oh, you're not just guaranteed 10 minutes to try and sell because if you're a minute or two into your segment and your product's not selling, you get your time cut live. So you might be like at eight minutes left. And if it's not doing well, all of a sudden your Bye. clock jumps to two minutes, right? Because they're not messing around. If you're not hitting sales, they're on to like Dyson vacuum and Apple iPhone and right. Mm-hmm. And so so I remember the 10, the 10 minute clock and it was like 9.59, 9.58. And I was shaking so bad. And I remember the moment my um, bright red bare face uh, before shot went up on national television. And to your point, this is before YouTube was huge, right? So, uh, uh, which wasn't that many years ago. Twitter and, came and, out like and, 2008. Like this yeah, is the beginning of all of that. Beginning of all that. And then we went over to, to our models, like every age and size and shape and skin, t- you know, skin tone and skin challenge. And, 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 and I remember there was like a minute left in, in the cell and the host is like, the deep shade is almost sold out. The tan shade, we're down. And I was like, <gasps> And and all of a sudden at the uh, 10 minute mark, the huge sold out sign came up across the screen and I literally start sobbing and they cut. And I remember my, uh, and went to the next item when another student, and I remember my husband came rushing through the double doors of the studio and he's like, we're not going bankrupt. And I'm like, (laughs) real women have spoken. And I'm like (laughs) sobbing. And that, that one 
airing uh, turned into five more that year and then 101 the next year. And then we, um, for eight years and, and to this day now, but for eight years, I did uh, 250 live shows a year on QVC. So we, we built this to the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. And it is right now at this moment to this day. Um, and I only share it because for three years, it wasn't just like a no, it was like, oh, you're not the right fit for us or for our customers. And, oh, the full circle part, sorry, the lady talking getting so hyper and I have chills at the same time. Okay, the full circle part, you guys, and this is what's so, when we stay in faith, when we trust our gut, when we trust our knowing, I feel like that's when these things happen. But the guy that said no to me, Alan Burke, mm-hmm. who's the head of all of VDK. So after we launched on QVC, he ended up becoming one of our biggest uh, champions, but also I got to know him really well. And he became one of my closest mentors, um, like most brilliant mentors ever and is to this day. And he retired from QVC. This is the guy that said, you're not the right fit and all those things that built the, that, that's a legend. Um, he retired from QVC and we ended up hiring him in the paid position on our advisory board. Um, so the guy that rejected me was now working for me and like, like no one can tell you you're not the right fit or, or no one. Right. And it's like, they might call you rejected. And then one day they call you boss. (laughs) So these full circle moments have happened so many times. And I just, and by the way, there's so, so much I did wrong along the way too. And so many mistakes I made. And I talk about all those in the book too. Cause I think like just, just pulling back the curtain helps all of us feel less alone and, Mm -hmm. uh, more connected and more enough and all those things. You're the queen of pulling back the curtain. I love it. And I think one of the things for the people listening when they hear the stories of like Alan is, you know, being an entrepreneur is scary, right? Yeah. And so people collect a lot of knowledge around who is bankable, who is worthy, like who, who can really do it. And, um, and sometimes, you know, it's, 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 you know, when you hear investors are like, we need to know we're going to like three X our money or four X our money, like at four times what we're putting in, they want to know that they're investing and it's going to be a huge multiple they're going to get back. So, it's not even sometimes about you or your product. They're thinking like, what's this really going to do in, in, in reality? And, you know, the Allens of the world are also scared for their jobs if he made a wrong move. So fear is always guiding people, whether it's the investor's fear of how much he can get back or she can get back. Or the person in a position, like I've dealt with it with studio executives. I'm like, I know, I know this will work. Nope, 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 nope. And then someone else would do it and it would work, work, work. So I recently have even had these aha moments with my husband where I'm like, you know, Kev, we're actually pretty smart and we kind of are really good and he's like a true visionary, like he really knows. So I'm like, I'm going to really start paying attention to the cues. These are all the breadcrumbs we've left along the way. And I'm not afraid that we're ever going to be at a lack for ideas because I know we have them and I know we'll do the work to, to execute them. But I'm going to stop because there's sometimes in life, and I don't know if you've ever hit these moments since, but you know, 
you can get beaten down, right? So I, I know when I know, and there were moments when I was ballsy with like my, my book publisher or whatever. And then sometimes you might get into a rut where you start to believe that the other people know more than you. Mm -hmm. And, and then it becomes such a challenge because you start to lose yourself. Yes. And it's hard to get back that kind of ballsy belief in yourself. And so that's why books like this are important. Conversations like this are important to re-remind us that our inner knowing is true. We had um, an amazing mystic on the show. Her name is Deidre Haid. And I'll never forget my favorite moment maybe ever on the show is she said to me, she goes, stop saying you're crazy. You're not Mm -hmm. crazy. You're wise. And Mm -hmm. as women, I feel like we always preface things with, I know you're going to think I'm crazy Mm -hmm. because we're scared to tell our truth. But when we know that we are such um, intuitive beings as women, and we just are, it is what it is, why don't we believe ourselves? Mm, Yeah. I think that especially as women, we're so conditioned, right? Uh, and, And sometimes it's not from our own family even. A lot of times it is, but a lot of times it's not. It's just literally from the whole world. Um, to dim our own light, Mm-hmm. to make everyone else feel comfortable, right? Yep. And as women, oh, I love that you're bringing this up. I talk ab- about this a lot too and believe it because there's so much in here just about even my own self-doubt struggles around uh, not being able to have a baby and around the journey of surrogacy and having to learn to trust another human being. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think that, you know, especially as women though, we're, we're really taught to dim our own light, to make everyone else feel comfortable. And we're taught often that to be included and accepted and, and to bond with other women, we have to do it over problems or over putting ourselves down or like, Oh, I can't fit into these jeans or, Oh, I did right. Yes. And we bond, oh my right? God. Yes. Right. But then coming in going, Oh, I just like crush this or whatever it is. It's not, uh, we risk not being in- included. We risk disconnection. And and often men don't have that same experience. I'm sure they can, but it's it's so different. So I love so much that you're bringing that up because what you just said, that example is the exact same thing. Like I'm told, you're going to think I'm crazy, but it's like we're instantly we're knowing, let me get, let me shrink myself so that I'm, I'm going to connect and, and be welcome here. And, uh, and we have to change that Maria. So (laughs) we have to change it for literally everyone, everyone out there. Um, I had, uh, oh my gosh, two, two thoughts come to mind on that really, really quick is, you know, there was a moment, this was before the big launch on QVC and we were down to under a thousand dollars in our bank account. We were a couple of years in and we got a big call from an, a potential investor, uh, this big private equity company. And they had said like, you know, we've heard about your product and it works really, really well. We really love your product. We'd love to meet. And I was so excited because they had uh, invested in a lot of like consumer product companies. We all buy at grocery stores and some of them, when they're really small, they made them huge household names. And I thought, oh my gosh, if they invest... They're, you know, not only, not only will I not go bankrupt, <laughs> but then they're going to use their own connections to maybe help me get in these stores that all keep telling me no. And I was so excited. And we went to meeting after meeting. We started the diligence phase, which is where they ask for mm-hmm. all of our projections and our product pipeline. And which means you're we, really close, by the way, guys, if you don't know any of this, you're really close to them actually forking over the money. <laughs> 
Yes. Right. And so I was so excited and we flew up for the final meeting and the head guy was standing right there. My husband, Paula was on the other side and the head guy was standing right there about three feet from me. And he thanked us and said, you know, we really believe in your product and, but we're going to pass. It's a no, uh, we're not going to invest in your company, but we wish you all the best. And I said, and by this point, I'm so used to hearing no, but of course I'm devastated. And I said, um, okay, can you share why? right? Like, can you give us feedback? Because usually feedback is a gift, usually. And I'm like, can you share why? And he goes, do you want me to be really honest with you? And I said, yes. And he he looked at me and he says, I, and I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday because I remember it felt like his lips were moving in slow motion. I remember feeling my heart, like literally jumping out of my chest and smelling his coffee breath for some reason. <laughs> but he said to me, do you want me to be really honest with you? And I said, yes. And he said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And I remember him saying this to me and a couple things happened for one, like a lifetime of body doubt and self-doubt like flooded my whole body at once. And I almost felt like I was like, look, like staring my own fear straight in the eye, frankly. But I remember in this moment, like having this deep feeling deep down inside, even though it hurt, even though I had to fight like heck to not replay those words over and over and over forever. Um, and in the moment he said this to me, I had this deep feeling he's wrong. Like this deep down feeling, this knowing he's wrong. And by the way, when we sold to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion uh, cash in their largest acquisition in history, I got an email from that same investor who said, congratulations on the L'Oreal deal. Uh, I was wrong. And I also learned, had he said yes in, in that moment, um, you would have been it in the wrong been hands. The biggest investment in his firm's history, the most successful investment. Um, but you would have been in the wrong hands. That was God's protection. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> in the back of his head, he wouldn't have believed in you. He would have believed in right. the product. He wasn't going to believe in you, and you're the product. You sold you know, this. Yeah. Sorry, well, guys. I didn't mean to scream too, in your ears. The other thing, like you know that saying, "Rejection is God's protection." Mm-hmm. Um, I. We were so desperate. I would have like let him buy the majority of the company yeah. for almost nothing because we had nothing, right? Yeah. And had he had he said yes to me then everything would have changed like not who knows if we ever would have sold to l'oreal for all that money but even if we did i wouldn't you know we stayed the largest shareholder through the end through the sale partly because no one believed in us when we needed people right and that's the thing is like and and that's oh my gosh for, for anyone listening going through the season of just setbacks or rejections like you have to get so good at believing in yourself and cheering yourself on because one thing I've learned is that most people only cheer for you like after you've made it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Most yep. people are like, I always believed in you. They're so proud to know you, but it's like after, yep. you know? So you have to get so good at just believing yourself, trusting yourself. It's the whole reason I wrote this book. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. 
you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Jamie, how do you do that? Because I'll tell you myself, um, like I said, I was kind of Teflon unflinching, total Teflon. And then I got beaten up enough. I got burnt out enough. I got tired enough that I lost it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of getting my footing, you know, like, like at Tony's um, business mastery seminar, he had an intervention with this woman and she was just exactly kind of where I was just beaten, tired, whatever. And he was like, your warrior is just tired, but she's still in there. And that clicked. That was like an aha moment for me. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm still me. And she's still in there. She just covered up with a lot of dust and maybe a couple of comforters or something. I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she's all cozy in there. She's scared to come out. She's like, it's warm here. It's safe. But, but how do you, how do you teach people to build that belief back? Because mm, yeah. I know for me, it's it's been challenging enough and I already have the, the breadcrumbs to find my way back and I have succeeded to know what that feels like and how I got there. So I have reference points. But for people who don't have the reference points, who are still struggling to get that first yay moment, how do you give them those steps to believe in themselves? Yeah. I think that two things happen. I think so many people in that spot end up literally talking themselves out of their own truth and never, and, and staying in their comfort zone and turning the volume up on all that other, all that other stuff and including their own self-doubt and then actually miss out entirely on being the person that they're called to be. Cause it's easier to not become that person. I think, uh, when you learn to trust yourself and you learn to hear that inner knowing, um, that's when you know. And I want to I want to share one thing about what you just shared. Uh, it, first of all, it is like undeniable to everyone in the world who knows you or knows of you that you are called to do great things, right? And what I would say is that what you just described, all of those the the hardships and the self doubt and the feeling, all those things. If you don't ever go through those, you you never have the power to authentically connect with how massive your audience is growing into be who's going through those things right now. True. So you're making me cry, but it's so true. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, because so, I wouldn't be here doing yeah. this. Yes. Your calling is so big. And for it to be as big as it as <laughs> as it is for you to get to that, like you, you have to be able to authentically connect with all of those people in what they're going through. And I think until we go through those things, we can't do that. Yep. Totally, right? totally and agree. As I take my toilet paper to just dab <laughs> under my eyes. Thank you. And you, and, and, and you and your husband 
knowing that the breadcrumbs, be, saying, oh, look at all the times our knowing was right. They said we weren't, someone else did it and it worked. Go, looking at all of that is, is all part of like that journey of, mm-hmm. of, of, that we all, every human being out there goes through and most never go through because they never take the risk of going through this as learning how to trust ourselves and how to hear, hear that own voice. And, and so as someone on the out, as someone on the outside that, that sees everything you just shared of your experience from someone just observing it, I see it as because I'm not in it. Right. I see it as so exciting and obvious and because your calling is so great. And how many more people like listening right now are, 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 are having their lives better and being served by you sharing the vulnerability of all those things, right? If you didn't go through them, you'd never be able to connect with all these people and help them feel less alone and help them figure out what to do and help them feel like, oh, Maria's going through this. I can go through it too. And, you know, oh, Maria's face rejection. Okay. I feel less alone because Maria's a freaking icon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's true, yeah. it is a gift. It is yeah. a gift because you're calling so great. And I feel like, I feel like, no matter how hard the opposition at any moment, whether it's something happening with our families or our own body or rejection or friendships or relationships, all that hard stuff that we all go through, I feel like our, our calling is always stronger than our opposition. And I think that it just, our life is defined by which we choose to listen to. And, you know, what's super powerful is, in those tragedies are the gifts, like you said, right? Your producer yeah. is yelling at you in your ear. Um, that was That's traumatic, by the way. I know what that's like to have people <laughs> yelling in your ear when you're live and you have to pretend like it's not happening, right? Yeah. Um, your rosacea, your t- personal tragedy is what allowed you to give a gift to everybody else that everybody had been waiting for, begging for, spent thousands of dollars, you know, trying to find their way. I remember when I had skin issues, I went to the top dermatologist and they gave me all their top products and I would leave with bags of thousands of dollars of shit. And Kevin was like, this is just insane. This, this doesn't make any sense. They're just totally taking advantage at this point of people who have a problem. So through your tragedy, you were able to create something that helped people. So if everybody could look at their own kind of personal, you know, um, tragedies. I know for me, what we went through with my mom and all of us and the brain tumors, this was born from it. And I know it's helping people because I hear their feedback. Um, If you take your tragedy and say, well, what can I do with this that can help people? That's a really great way to transform tragedy and, 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 and help others because you do have that connection, like you said. I know what it feels like to have someone with a brain tumor in their family and the pain that comes with that. I know what it's like to face rejection, to have you know, you beaten down by nasty, cruel executives, which you do too. So, so that gives us insight into how to help other people. Maybe it's a product. Maybe it's you know, something else. But we have a valuable kind of insight that we can share. Yeah. And I think that, you know, sometimes when we go through these hard times, we don't always see it right away. Like, what was that for? That makes no sense. It feels unfair. 
there's no way anything possibly meant to be or good can come from this, right? Like we, it's, sometimes it takes a long time to see it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, one of the things, you know, I went through a decade of, of trying to uh, get pregnant and had so many different failed attempts and went through fertility and all those things. And, you know, when we finally looked into adoption and surrogacy and, and, and I talk about this um, in the book actually for the first time ever, because I, it wasn't, it ended up, um, I was scared to partner with a surrogate. I was scared to trust another person um, to carry my baby. And there was this, this, this whole journey. Uh, but I had this, at the end of it all, I had this way bigger epiphany, I think, which is for me, you know, a lot of us kind of take pride in being like a lone wolf or, oh, I'm not going to count on anyone else. I'm going to figure this out myself. Or And I'd always been that way. And so it was so hard for me to trust another, another person to carry my baby. And at the end, it ended up being the most incredible experience. And, and I, I realized, oh, being a lone wolf isn't a badge of honor that you call independence. It can actually come from like a deep seated fear that we're not worthy of other people showing up for us. And that was my case. I had this huge, through the journey of surrogacy, through this whole, you know, 10 years of, of, of my body not doing what I thought it was supposed to do. And, and, and then eventually having my daughter wonder, um, and becoming incredible friends with this other woman and her family. And like, I had this epiphany, oh, wow, I've been, I've got life wrong up until this point and life's not meant to do alone and just learning the power of community. And so I think that sometimes we don't always see it you know, in the moment, but that, you know, really our, our setbacks almost always can, can be setups for, for that person that, that we're called to be. Um, and I just think everything you share with the world is the biggest blessing. Like so many people connect with you in different ways. You know what I mean? And whether it's freaking watching you crush it in a wrestling ring or, <laughs> or right. But seriously, like, Oh, she's badass one minute. And then, Oh, wow. She has pain. She's going through right now. And I feel less alone in it. Cause I've gone, I'm going through it too, but I don't tell anyone about it. Cause I'm embarrassed or I am ashamed or any of those things. So I think the greater your calling also the heart of the journey, yes. <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> but, but, but I just see it as, as huh, the greater the service and the blessing to everyone else. So you're so called cool. Maria. What can I say? <laughs> I love it. Well, I, um, I appreciate all of that. It's, uh, it's, it's really nice to hear. And I think, um, anybody who's listening right now should pick up a copy of, uh, Jamie's book instantly. It's called Believe It. It's available now. Um, and I think that you would be doing yourself the greatest service to, um, to pick this up and learn how to believe in yourself. I think we can all use a little bit more of that. And, uh, it's a great way to, you know, set ourselves up for the rest of the year for sure. Mm. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really, you know, for anyone on their journey to learning to believe in themselves and, and trust themselves and know they're enough and step into 
the person they're born to be. So I'm so excited to share it with the world. And it's, it's an honor to share it with you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Pick up Jamie Kern Lima's new book, Believe It. It came out February 22nd. It is available now. Uh, for more info, you can check out our website, jamiekernlima.com. Guys, how amazing is she? She's incredible. <laughs> she is kind of everything. I'm like, are you a brilliant entrepreneur? Are you like an, a rising spiritual like, speaker? Are you like yeah. an emotional wellness thought leader, a body positivity guru? She's very special. And like we talked about at the top of the show, it's really the fight that's pushed her there. So for our listeners who are fighting right now, you are a Jamie Kernlina that's in process. You Ooh, are crystallizing. I like You're gonna that. You're going to do that too. You're Jamie Kernlima in process. She's awesome. I like that. She's awesome. she's just she's just a special human. When she was speaking, I was like, "Your energy." Yeah. She's just so happy and hyper and just so incredible and so much light. Yes. Just mm. exploding. Yes. But um but I I will button this with um again you know, no one wants to go through pain. Our, our whole lives are centered around, you know, how much pleasure can we have and how much pain can we avoid? But look at what comes from pain, guys. And we have to remember, right, that if we aren't having pain, we aren't pushing ourselves. Mm. And if we aren't pushing ourselves, we're never going anywhere. We're just staying, boom, here. Wow. And That's then amazing. if your pain is coming from places that aren't self-inflicted, right? That pain can also be transformed. Like she said, your setback, can you be your set up? So pain, <laughs> you know, when they say no pain, no gain, I know it was like a stupid quote, but at the same time, pain can be your best friend. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pain can give you a $1.2 billion cash deal with L'Oreal, Eventually, but it's how much pain can you take, right? It's, mm -hmm. It goes back to the Rocky quote. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take. That's how winning is done, right? How Ooh. much pain can you take? And it doesn't mean we have to be gluttons for pain. It doesn't mean we have to be, you know, martyrs and whatever. Like, how much can you take? She obviously could take a lot. She took 22 rejections, right? I was just from the bank, uh, bank loan. Thank I you, mean, Kevin. There was so just many, from the bank. Think of so all the rejections, personal rejections, yeah, she, professional she is, rejections. She is resilient. She is the queen of resiliency. And so you want something. You can't think you're going to get it without pain. So you better start getting comfortable with pain. And you better start inviting some of it into your life. You know, I tell these guys every day when we're pushing and we're redlining, guys, you know, it isn't always going to be easy. We're going to redline, but good things come from it if you choose to see it that way, right? Or you can have your white picket fence and you can have it simple and that's fine. And if that's what you want, that's great. Okay, but wait, can you back up? Yeah. You really think getting a white picket fence, Maria, is so easy? Well, no, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, but I just also want to say that to get that white picket fence is hard too. It's hard too. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the whole point is 
there really is no easy way out of life. So we have to get relative, as Matthew McConaughey taught us in our episode. Got to get relative. With I have a, qu- I have a question for you. What if you had parents that took away all the pain for your first, say, 18 to 22 <laughs> years and you had teachers in society do that for you as well? Just quick question. Honey, we don't need the negativity right now. Okay. Actually, it's a serious question, though. But that's, again, but you're this crippling. Is, you're my, crippling. Let me answer for you from the Office of Executive Producer-Elect. Uh, no, so if that is the case, you know, and and it, it's owning up to that um, and now coming out and saying, hey, okay, this is not college, this is not high school, it's not prom, it's not activities, it's it's the real deal. And it is, go, no matter how much we as a society try to police all of it, it's to, to achieve any dream in life is going to be hard. And I think embracing it, and I, I think if you don't medicate and you don't resort to um, unethical or illegal activities, rejection will be protection. And the things, the, the pitfalls you're getting are going to help you later. It's just not going to be revealed to you until later. But if you stay the course, and, and, and one of the things, and, and again, I'll go to the Matthew McConaughey interview, is patience. Mm-hmm. you got to have patience. You know, I have... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with some right now, a PR guy who, um, you know, was like, when, when, when is it going to happen? When is it gonna... And I found out he's only been in L.A. for four months. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I've been at this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And uh, it's going to be hard. Now, what you were saying, Maria, is not so much the white picket fence. If you don't want those big dreams and big aspirations, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. then that's okay. But what I find is, and I, I was talking to Jeff and Kelsey about this weekend, I find that in society is we have people who have the dreams, are not willing to go through what it takes to fulfill those dreams, and then are bitter and angry and jealous mm-hmm. against others. And that's not right. It, I'd rather Make just be decision. honest with yourself and say, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. Maria, how you work? We've had people say so this. So many times. Who said, like, you work, say, you guys work day and night, seven days a week. You're insane. Yeah. And you know what? I respect them uh, for saying that. And the ones who are like, you know, that's, not, I, 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 I go to my best friend from college, Steve Razzo. Maria, you're, I know you've been helping him with his wife right now who's sick. But with Steve, you know, there's been times where, you know, he's in finance. I'm like, I'm going to hook you up with this guy. And you just talk to that one. And, and, and it was like about 10 years ago, he goes, Kev, 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 listen to me. He's like, I just want to be an amazing dad. That's what I'm about. So mm-hmm. I do just enough to make money to put food on the table, but I want to be home and I want to be with them. And I was like, a freaking men, you know, like, amen. Like he knows what he wants. And yeah. by the way, <clears throat> do we not need more present parents today? Hello? Yeah. So, but, but back to pain. But, but admit, well, but admit, but admit it. If you have this big dream, yeah, right. At Afterbus, I've got four hundred hosts with big, big dreams. How many of them are willing to go through the pain? They want all yeah. the pain taken away, and they just want the results. Which, by the way, the results won't mean anything either. That's a whole other thing. If you don't go through the pain, yeah, you won't yeah. respect it. Jamie's story would not have been exciting to us in the least if there wasn't so much pain involved. Mm. Think so about well it. Said. Very true. Yeah, we're not going to invite someone to come on this show and say, yeah, I made $1.2 billion and life is great and that's it. Yeah, and well, it was super easy. And she, guys, she admitted to that too. She said about, you know, 
the headline and the story, you know, that little part there. And so I encourage you to read her book because, you know, get away from the whole, oh, she had a dream and she worked at Denny's. She had a dream and she believed in herself and no matter how much the rejection is, and now she's worth a billion dollars. No, there's a long, 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 very detailed story there that you need to read because it's not that simple. She didn't scratch a lottery ticket. So anyway, that's why I think this is going to be a great read. And I think, look out for this girl, honestly. For, mm. Look out for her the next few years. She's, she's very, very special. Yeah. All right, guys. In the meantime, if you haven't followed us at Better Together with Maria, uh, please do. We are definitely working hard to make that a destination for you to inspire you, help you throughout your day with some incredible nuggets and things you can take, take uh, and help yourself throughout these crazy days that we're having. Uh, if you haven't joined us on Patreon, click the link tree in my Instagram or on Better Together with Maria and join us for our amazing workshops. Obviously, we have our ad-free tier, but the $10 uh, a month tier gets you into these workshops. And I think it's well money spent for anybody who needs help uh, getting through. And I feel like all of us kind of do. So, um, that would be an investment in yourself that, um, we take really seriously here and we really try to provide as much value back to you. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow Jamie at Jamie Kern Lema at Jeffrey Crane Graham at Kels Meyer too. And of course at better together with Maria and be nice people, make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends, and if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you, and Finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.